Let's welcome in Gord Stella, co-host of Leaf Nation pre- and post-game. Now, my first question to you, Gord, last night. Uh, of course, uh, our super fan, Sam McKee, also produces uh, your your show. And yes. how was he last night? Did you drive him home? Uh, how, how distraught was he? Uh, Sam... Well, he's got a trip coming up, so he's in good spirits. He's gone. He is gone. I'm, oh, he's I'm, gone already. He's gone. I guess we should chat more. I, sh- I guess I should get more interested in the people I work with, right? COVID world is... <laughs> his name's Sam, right? Our producer, Sam. Is that right? Cam yeah. McKee. Who can yes, forget Cam him? Cam McKee. Sammy. Have a great trip. Have a great trip, Cam. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, uh, by the way, COVID world last year when... And I'm going to answer your question. When Justin turned 18, when Lisa ordered his cake and we got it and we opened it and it said, happy 80th birthday instead of 18th. So that is... And that was legit because people talking through masks nowadays and, yeah. and you know that's what you get out of it sam was uh, pumped about the trip i got you know i got texts from a few people like one guy just ticked off saying i don't know what the last time i left a game this early you know and it, even when you're you know win, got a good winning team to have a home game like that and for some people that don't get to go to many games maybe it's their only game of the year and that one guys as you know and you've talked about the first time since december 11th the full house man i didn't expect that that was uh that was, again, to put it in a one-game context, extremely, extremely discouraging night. Uh, abysmal is the word of the day. B- booed off, abysmal. Booed off the ice, Gord, basically, no? Did they, did they well, deserve the, it? Well, there's only about uh, 10% of the fans were left then, so I don't know. 10% <laughs> booed them off the ice. Well, why do those people stay to the end? I don't even know. You know to boo. Been de- they, well, I guess to boo. They could have been at Rosedale Station by then, or they could no. have been when you go to Islington by strictly, then. I don't know. I don't want to fight the traffic. Is it? <laughs> Well, there was no traffic at that point. It was uh, so, but, but you know what? Those boos are okay. It's understood in context. And what I just said that, you know, we know you go to a game, there's no guarantees about what's going to happen, but you'd like to get, I hate, I hate to question an effort, but you'd like, particularly from this team, which does give an effort so yeah. many nights to see, um, see some kind of an effort, which you really didn't see. No, and, and Sheldon commented on that and the lack of competitiveness from the team to just kind of roll over and take a drubbing at home uh, wasn't ideal. Also not ideal was the pairing of Morgan Riley and Rasmus Sandin were, who were <gasps> abysmal. Oh, you know what? Can, can, I, can I, before we yeah, go yeah, into yeah, that yeah. specific, can I ask you one more question on the competitiveness, Gord? Because yeah. I'm going to draw your position as a general manager. And... Where, if you're watching, if you're Kyle Dubas, do you first, your first thought, does it go to the coaching staff that didn't have you prepared or didn't push your buttons or, or is it, is your first thought on, on the players? Because I, I watched last night and this team's good. We know they're good and they can compete, but is it a lack of maturity is it just a fact that uh, uh, it's a character uh, a character flaw still? Where, where would your thoughts go as a general manager? Uh, okay, and and uh, it'd be the players, and uh, and more not like your anger and ticked off, but it's it's to your points, guys. The why and the how. You're kind of wow. Okay, and, and and again, keeping in a perspective and context, like like it's one of those things. There's no point going down and beating it up and beating it up. I mean, you know, you don't want to go over all. You'd, you'd get rid of all the players if you have a temper, you know, afterwards, hypothetically. So that would be it. That that'd be. I'm I'm sitting there if if I'm him going really. 
You know, given given especially how they've lost playoffs that, you know, be with perplexing type performances at the most important time of year. So that that would be and again, context of one out of 82 games. But but if I'm Kyle Dubas, uh, that's where my head would be going. How the hell and why could they be doing this? And, and, you know, this is not an excuse, Gord, but like my thoughts watching that game was just looked like a tired hockey team. And going back through the schedule, they played two days ago and then two days ago and two days ago, then a back-to-back two days before that. Like, they've played a lot of hockey, and I think sometimes they're going to have imperfect efforts, but you want to see... Remember that one after the first round. Right. Oh, they played back to you. Tired. They're tired. <laughs> I mean, it's not a great excuse, but it certainly looked that way last night. you got to find it somehow. Um, you know, it's a lot harder to find it when you're giving up goals because your number one D uh, pair can't keep the puck out of their end, let alone their net. What were your thoughts about Sandine with Riley? Keefe uh, did not sound overly enthused like he'd be pairing them together anytime soon. And to add, Justin, they they have had a genuine flu bug going through. Yeah, again, sure. but again, nobody nobody's going to want to hear excuses after the first round of the playoffs if they're out at the end of the year. But those are those are all valid valid considerations. Uh, boy, Morgan Riley, it's kind of like. You know, it's kind of like Rasmus Sandin threw the snowball that hit the teacher, and Morgan Riley's going up to the principal's office because he was right beside Rasmus Sandin. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, you can't pair those two together. Rasmus Sandin was abysmal beyond belief, right. and I've liked the guy's jam. I've liked the guy talking and doing some post game stuff, and you know, jumping up, getting some goals. But a good lesson the other way about parts of the game you you have to learn. So yeah, it was a. Uh, uh, it, w- it was it was brutal, particularly uh, it, it wasn't very good, but it was brutal on Sandine's part because, I mean, you know, his mistakes were kind of, sig- uh, you know, singular rather than the pairing. And I've I've I with Muzzin being out, you know, I felt that Keefe needs to figure out what he has depth wise heading in the playoffs in case this is it. If this is all he has and if he doesn't have Jake Muzzin, then you could, you know, you can't keep lamenting that I'm putting Brody and Riley out and then I, you know, I can't get a, I can't get a solid second pair or whatever it may be. So I don't mind him trying things. It was hard to figure out Saturday the way Detroit came back, you know, what was working, what wasn't working. And uh, uh, last night, no question, it didn't work, but really what worked last night? The one um, constant, is Sheldon Keefe uh, asking for a save or two? Let's go to the clip, and then we'll get you to comment after it, Gord. You need to get maybe a save or two in there. That's part of the goalie's job. But, like, you know, one's a redirection, the other's basically a tap-in or leave a guy you know, wide open at the net, and another one is like, they got chances and shots in the slot tonight that we did not get. You know, give Buffalo credit. They, they really clogged things up in there. We didn't do enough to earn space uh, in there. We were content to play on the perimeter and, um, you know, just didn't, uh, didn't do it tonight. Like all, all the way through. Goalies, goaltender, defense, all four lines. Didn't have it. Gord, your thoughts? Okay. Where let, Let's start about take a look at the Atlantic Division. Andre Vasilevsky. First round pick of Tampa. Spencer Knight, high draft points of Florida. Looks like, you know, the future is going to be bright. Tuka Rask is gone. Jeremy Swayman leads the league in goals against average in Boston. Can you develop a goaltender sometime since Felix Potvin in Toronto? Like once, please. Can there not be one goaltender somewhere that is on the verge of ready to be playing in the NHL at the competent level so you're not always trying to find a goaltender via trade or free agency? Like, seriously. So anyway, the point being is uh, the guys that they have now or we have now, 
and we know the Jack Campbell story. And it's almost like, you know, the, um, the, the, the Bronx cheers for Morazic last night were for the two of them. And it's not personal. It's, not, it's just the fans saying, you're kidding me? We don't have goaltending again? We had Freddie. Like, like, come on. Freddie had to be better than that. So, yeah, the, the, if you go, boy, if you go with questionable goaltending into the playoffs – and I know there's a lot of ground. And Edmonton, you know, you got a Dave Tippett's got to be yelling at his TV set when Mika Koskinen gets a gets a shutout for Woodcroft, right? As coaching, I mean, because it's almost that simple that helped turn Edmonton around. So, um, uh, I mean, I got to believe in these guys because I've seen the way they can play, and I and I'm hoping and I'm wishing the best for the Leafs. But man, you you yeah, I mean, you know, Keith, you can't hide it. And if you're if you if you got struggling goaltending, man. Uh, um, well, if, if it continues like this, you got you have to do something in the trade deadline. Which, oh, uh, come on, Gord! That's so not. It's not. I, it's not I, Kyle I, Dubis to go out there and and panic and and totally bail on Jack Campbell. Not, well, not no not, way. Not I don't buy it for one second. Good good conversation for other shows, but not ours. <laughs> Wait, oh, didn't we have this I'll, conversation? I look forward to being on the other shows and talk about that. Yeah, you, so no, okay. I am, I am, I'm not talking about like, okay. Obviously, Mark Andre Fleury is who everyone's talking about. Yeah, I mean, last year they got a body of David Riddick. I'm, I'm just saying, almost getting a body as, as an option and just you know, you know, hoping that that uh, like like Zatkoff did one game for the for the Penguins. I, so anyway, you you've got no choice. You're in to your point, Kippy, and I, I got to believe. Keith is firmly in it. And, and hey, Jack Campbell, what a wonderful story. Let's hope. What a wonderful, uh, you know, uh, personality he's been and first-class individual. And I always say, but so was my mom, and she can't stop a puck. So the difference is, you know, they got to – so, uh, yeah, they got to get the goaltending. And with Morazic, I think for a lot of us, uh, and, you know, Justin, you've been there, you know, breaking things down on a coaching staff. We have to get used to how busy he looks. You know, oh, it's, it, it, at first it's kind of a bad visual that you're – Kind of saying, you know, wow, this doesn't look really this style really really does, is really good. But that's it's a different kind of style he plays, and he's and he's played it and been effective. But you know, last year he really wasn't. He was hurt a lot, and this year he really hasn't been. And guess what? He's been hurt a lot. You know, I, I, I don't know if it was you, Kipper, that said this or not. But like Mrazek's style probably works best if you have a bunch of really rock solid D standing in front of the net, right? Because he puts out a ton of rebounds. The The first goal of the game last night, I think he punched out to the blue line. I mean, so it's different if you've got a bunch of guys who are prepared for that. They know they give out a bunch of re- rebounds and you have the D to sort of help them out a little bit. So that certainly was a different look. Do, do you think it's, you know, do you think it is salvageable on the defensive side of things with this decor as constructed? Obviously, we're moving towards the uh, the deadline. Everyone's worried about... You know, a wanting D-man. I don't know if it makes a difference if they bring in some fringe seventh D, another Labushkin, uh, or does it have to be something bigger? They can't go bigger. There's no room to go bigger. Last year was bigger, and Nick Felina yeah. was big. And 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 as a fan um, of the team, you like the move. You look back in hindsight, and hindsight's always twenty twenty. So I will stick to it that I like the move. But you could see that Nick Felino wasn't the same the last year or two as the guy we thought of three, four, five years ago. But you know, in a perfect world, he would have been that kind of perfect forward the Leafs needed. Maybe he would have signed on this year as well. But as we see with uh, Boston, what he's got two goals. He's 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 just kind of he's a willing guy. He's he's played hard minutes and that. And yeah, so it, it, as we know, as we know, it didn't work out, and there were extenuating reasons. You no. You're, 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 there's no, there's no Nick Felino type at any position 
to get. If, I don't even. I, I don't, how would you do it cap wise? I don't even know how you would do it cap wise. Like I, I think of Justin Braun or somebody. And again, someone have to scout him more than Gord Stelica scouted him. But at one point <laughs> eight million with Philadelphia, you know that that's more what I'm kind of thinking. So so yeah, a body at least is a body. You know, and if the body plays competently and helps you get, if they win one round, they're going to close intersections at University and Richmond and Adelaide, and everyone will be happy. Oh, that's all no, they need to do this em- year. Yes, that's embarrassing. I don't, oh, I don't embarrassing. care. That's reality. It's reality. Gord, raise the bar a little it's bit. A, that's where the bar is. Wouldn't you love that bar that all we needed to get 50 to get like an A, Kippy? We'd be geniuses. <laughs> or at least adequate. Okay, whatever. <laughs> How about just getting the guys that you have playing defense to understand that once there's a defenseman behind the net, we don't need two, two behind the net. Once they grasp this concept, then you can start thinking about adding uh, a defenseman. But until then, no trade is going to go out there and help you. Okay, let, let's let's get back to what I heard Justin say before I came on. Perspective. Because I'm agreeing with your remark, but let's look big picture. The key is to find ways to win games. Forget the statistical sheet. And I'm looking at the last three games that Austin Matthews bursts out and makes a difference in a game against Minnesota. They almost blow it against Detroit, but they find a way to win it. That was a real good goal by McKayev, and that was a real good shorthanded goal. Against Washington, I know the Caps aren't playing well of late, but they find a, but they competed well, the Caps did, and they find a way to win it. And John Tavares, who hasn't scored, makes a huge play. And Justin Hall, not used to getting those kind of assists, does as well. So, again, to put it in context, they are up there in the battle for first place in the Atlantic Division. And the last three games, they found different ways to win the games. So, now you found ways, Kippy, as you described, how you can lose games. And something as simple as that, that, you know, is very teachable, you know, to just have to remember to execute it, uh, you know, properly. And I don't know how much is being new, playing with new partners. I don't want to make excuses because, you know, if, you're made, if you made it to the NHL, you, you know what's expected when you play defense. But you're right. I mean, like there's – if you break down – if you're breaking down the video of last night's game with the team and you stop every time there's a mistake, they won't be out of the room till next Sunday. Okay. <laughs> fair, fair. So, uh, can I get some takeaways on the guys who haven't played a ton for the Leafs so far this year? Uh, one, Nick Robertson, who played 11 minutes and change last night. And then the Russian Bear, who I'm just going to go ahead and bias your opinion and say, I think he's been pretty good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I, 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 uh, uh, and you got Kyle Clifford that's around as well. I know he didn't play, but it just, you know, for the... So when you throw Nick Robertson and say Kyle Clifford, so you've got different kind of spices at, at, at Sheldon Keefe's disposal. And I use in the playoffs what St. Louis did that year. They won it all with 12 forwards, well, 15 forwards, but 12 spots. And every now and then Craig Berube would plunk somebody in for a game or two, and you'd kind of go, geez, why did he do that? And that would be, you know, that would be the right right kind of player that way. And um, so now you're talking about the Russian Bear Labushkin? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know if, because uh, uh, McKay of Soupy. Okay. So, want to make sure. Yeah. Uh, so, you know what? As advertised. Yeah. That's exactly what this. The only thing is, the other night, he broke two sticks in the first five minutes. You got to get rid of those Arizona Coyote sticks. They are knockoffs. Okay. <laughs> they are they so the cheap. They're, they're so broke. They're dry. That, yeah. They're so, too they dry. send them. Yeah, with crap sticks, right? He almost cost two goals because he broke two sticks in five minutes. So please dump those yeah, and the, get... The Oats bought them in 2013 and didn't want to buy it for any fresh ones. They had those sitting around. They were fine. Dry <laughs> climate. 
I know, but 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 yeah, that that's a perfect. And those are easier type ones that you look at. That okay, uh, as advertised, make smart plays, can be physical. Had the one hard luck one, which in his first game after he played solid, but it was that that bouncing puck, which that just happens at times. And you you, you don't the bounce didn't go your way, and it led to a goal. But he is exactly as advertised. Like, you, you need another one. Cause what's that? Another Clon- type Clonum. of Labushkin. Yeah, yeah. You, how, how can you? How can you go with though, Typically, Kyle Dubas and and probably Sheldon to a certain extent, but they they don't like those type of guys. Remember Roman Polak here? Yeah, I know, I know. They yeah, hated that, him. Yeah, well, and, and I know yeah. you know if we go back philosophically, Mark, Mark Hunter was a guy that you know looked at that Mo ha- more had to be uh, uh, put on the back end with those kind of guys and building outwards. And you're right, we've talked about it many times the the idea and the doubling down has been um, the four marquee forward salary wise. Although as each year goes by, Nylander's contract really isn't as marquee. But uh, yeah, and uh, but you need those guys on D. I mean, uh, Montreal showed it last year that they really got as far as they did. Well, one step away from the Stanley Cup that even Joel, Joel Edmondson's a guy they missed. Never mind Shea Weber. You know, you had Petrie and Ben Sherratt and the and those two, along with Carey Price. And really, that's the reason they got as far as they could in the playoffs. We're talking to Gord Stellick. Uh, before the break, you know, uh, we were talking a little bit about just, just losing to Buffalo and, you know, whether or not a week after the regular season, you're wondering if this loss of Buffalo would have cost them a chance to play Washington <laughs> or or um, uh, Boston, or they're going up against Tampa Bay. Well, okay, those type of watershed games, you know, and I, and I would think last night, like at the end of the season, Nashville might look at last night's game against Seattle as one of those, right, with Dallas winning and now one point behind them in the Central Division, and and uh, Nashville had a two-goal lead on Seattle, and Seattle cold scored three goals in two minutes and 14 seconds or whatever, that to me... You know, those are the kinds of games you look because they're tangible points. And so, so you know, Kippy, at this point, the Leafs, that's kind of, I don't know what is good or bad. Like, you'd rather be saying, like, we're talking today and going, and if they keep playing this way, they're not going to be in the playoffs. But you're not saying that. So it's kind of weird. You know, they can play this way for a while and still get in the playoffs. So uh, I, I, I wouldn't look at this game singularly like that. Again, you look at the last three games finding ways to win. Uh, obviously, you know, the, the, hey, if the goaltending comes around, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. They'll have off nights where the goaltender will, will be good enough to win or will make a difference in winning like Jack Hamill did so often early in the season. But, you know, if you're off a bit and your goaltending's also off, um, that's a recipe for what happened yeah, last night. I, so, I don't know. Sometimes I think that Jack just, didn't do this team any favors by making all those stops because he covered up what was abundantly there, and that is flaws. Maybe he was so good that uh, you couldn't see them, and now you do. Now they're exposed. Yeah. You know, know, Kippy and Justin, you know, it was that – I would say that it's funny when we're talking early in the season to whomever, um, you know, if I got on one of these other shows or I got on the big show right here, like I am now with you, this guys, is the big show. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would, uh, <laughs> I, I would say, I would say kind of kiddingly tongue in cheek, like, yeah, the, like how good are they? If Jack Campbell doesn't steal games to your point, Kippy. <laughs> and, and I, and I meant it because like you got a hot goaltender like that. He was a difference maker in so many games. So, so it's not, you can say, Hey Jack, go out and, and struggle. Although he is, 
of late. But yeah, you know, you know, great goaltending um, uh, hires all ills. Now, if you're the Tampa Bay Lightning, you don't have any ills when Vasilevsky plays the top of his game. But it, it, it's it's a, it's a it's an interesting interesting point to point out. So uh, this weekend they got the Vancouver Canucks and uh, your boy Bruce Boudreau is uh, behind the bench. They're doing very well since he's been there. Actually, we're talking to him tomorrow. He's going to join us. Um, I, I don't know if we've confirmed that or yet or not, but I think we have. Anyway, he should be here tomorrow. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Canucks and what they've got ahead this weekend? Obviously a team fighting to get back in a playoff race. Man, he loves coaching in Toronto, Bruce Boudreaux. Um, You know, Maple Leaf Gardens more so if he had the chance, but he loves it. His dream would have been to coach the Toronto Maple Leafs, but he's loving the first time coaching a Canadian-based team. So, you know, a lot of coaches like Ron Wilson, uh, who, you know, made it clear, and I don't know why we hired him because he made it so clear his disdain for the pressure of Canadian markets. That Bruce embraces it. He's just ha- he's just loving it. So uh, that that's going to be a big game for him. Of course, you know tonight against the Islanders is, is see how do they bounce back. I mean, they're the team. Like, like if the Leafs were the Canucks now, we'd be talking, man, man, now they're four points out of a playoff spot in the Atlantic, and they should have beat Buffalo. And, and Vancouver's that team right now, but they're a team that had, as we know, the problems early in the season and, and have whatever the ship is, they've righted it to whatever degree. So it's all positive and be real positive if they bounce back with a, a win on Long Island. And, um, you know, he's doing the simple thing, like just uh, – just just letting them play, just giving them confidence, just, you know, kind of what like Marty St. Louis done in Montreal in a shorter period of time. It's a little harder to do as each week goes on. And, you know, Bruce has done that. But again, he, he word go. He just said, man, we got a great goaltender because he knew what it was like not to win a Stanley Cup with the Washington Capitals in the playoffs without the goaltending. And heaven forbid, are we mirroring that with the Maple Leafs 10 years later? So he knows he's got a great goaltender, that a, a, a great big first piece to start with. But after that, he's just having fun, and, and those guys are having fun. And that's always a big game, those Canadian-based teams that only come here once, right? It's it's always got a – you know, you, you remember that, Kippy and Justin, when uh, Andrew Raycroft was kind of taunting the crowd as uh, the uh, goaltender for Vancouver, and Berkey made those two trades the next morning. He got Dion Phaneuf, and he made the trade with Anaheim. Like, he was really mad about that Vancouver loss, right, at back then Air Canada center ice. Yeah. Gord, we're all in agreement that Jack Campbell gets that start Saturday night? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Who else? Who else do you want to put in? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Everybody was talking about Mrazek needing reps now and getting an opportunity to prove his uh, $3.9 million, uh, per season. Okay, well, keep in mind, uh, it's at uh, Full House again, and the goaltenders need reps, and these uh, loyal fans need saves. Okay, that's what they need. So who's who's producing now for you now that Sammy's uh, golfing? Who's Sam? <laughs> Sam, I am. What, we have a pro- no. We, we, hey, Sam works hard, uh, and uh, I don't know. We'll get somebody. Uh, we'll get somebody. Maybe Jr. or somebody good. We'll get somebody. Show. We yeah, got show, show in the show bullpen like, here. Volunteer me for the weekend work. Yeah. Well, that's kind. Of- <laughs> That's kind of a righty-lefty combination. We never know which one to go to. It depends if it's an Eastern Conference game or a Western Conference game. Well, we look forward to your uh, show Saturday night. Gord, thanks oh, for doing this. Great segue. Way to go. Thanks, Kippy. Thanks, Justin. W- what's your show called again? Um, I have to ask Sam. I'll get back to you. <laughs> Gord Stelling. It's Leaf Nation if no one wants to plug it. Check Post it out. Post and pre. <laughs> All day long. See you guys. See ya. See, the, the one thing I just think is that if – if Sheldon does nothing else but just get those guys to just calm down on that blue line mm-hmm. and and stop with the free for all, like again, 
I get Justin Hall's played better. He's had some success. How many points? Six or seven in the last four or five games. I don't want to see him below the hash marks. No. I don't. Yeah. You know, Jay Woodcroft is coming to Edmonton, and he has uh, McDavid and Drysaddle playing a much stronger brand of defensive hockey. And do you know how much it affects their offense? Uh, not at all. Right? Like, you, you create extra chances the other way by snuffing out plays at your own end. You get to play the other uh, the other way. So, I think guys, they get older in their careers, and they learn that. Um, Sheldon will have to talk with some guys to, to convince them of that on the back end right now. Okay. We'll take a quick break. Chris Cuthbert, play-by-play announcer for Sportsnet and Hockey Night in Canada. He's coming up next after the break. You're watching on YouTube's Sportsnet channel and listening on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. The code word for today's episode to text 590-590 to qualify for your shot to win Leafs Canucks tickets on March 5th is Hughes. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Welcome back to Real Kipper and Born. I am not Real Kipper. I am Justin Born, uh, and I'm here to tell you about something that sounds fun. Hey, Leafs fans, we're giving away a pair of tickets to Saturday's game between the Leafs and Canucks. All you have to do is download Wednesday's and Thursday's episode of Real Kipper and Born and listen for the different code words that will be placed in the podcast. Then text each code word to 590-590, and you'll be entered for a chance to win. Each code word counts as an entry, and the winner will be selected on Friday. Fairly smooth. No I, hiccups at all. A lot of cookie in my mouth, though, so that was challenging. Poor time bite. I don't think Sammy's ever going to read one again. I think he is. <laughs> in fact, I'm certain he is. We're going to get Chris Cutberg here momentarily, but uh, I'm, just to, again, just to draw out a, a page out of your book, when you still look at the Leafs in many categories... Yes. including chances for, chances against, uh, dangerous slot, that sort of stuff. I mean, they're, they're scoring really well. Like The analytics well. on the Leafs are still very solid. Yeah. Despite arguably the worst goaltending since, what, December, early December? Yeah, December. I think Campbell since December 7th has been an 890. So, you know, interesting you said that you'd like to see him back in on Saturday night. I mean... I guess you got to get him back in there at some point. You don't want him to sit out too long, so why not? But, yeah, um, you know, to get a little bit more into that, the, those stats, I mean, they are second in the NHL in expected goals and third in, in real goals. Like, they still create a ton. Um, they're a top team on the defensive side of things, too. And in a lot of the categories, um, you know, Buffalo obviously was not. So they do. They grade out very well by by all numbers. Just <laughs> grit is not in here. And the one consistency, <laughs> and maybe this speaks to, as, as we spoke to uh, EJ Raddick about the New York Rangers, is their team opposite of the Leafs. They do not score well in many categories, which points, I guess, a finger to Shesterkin, yeah. uh, making up for a lot of uh, deficiencies in their game. Yeah, no, it absolutely does. Looking at um, you know goals against and saves goals saved above expected, Mrazek is is way way down there. Campbell obviously uh, flailing, 
You know what? They still they have one red mark. The Leafs. If you go through all the blue is positive from Sport Logic. All the categories that they do well, they're they're bad at one thing. Still rush chances against. They are twenty eighth in the NHL at that. You know, tops in in top ten in almost every other category. Twenty eighth in rush chances against. Which, to your point, is a bunch of D men pinching up the ice and forwards yeah. taking offense. And just so much I've seen of the gap. Mm-hmm. And how they 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 love the forty fifty foot pass, high motion. We saw it with uh, in in Detroit yeah. with uh, McKay of goal, and we saw it with Nylander's last goal mm-hmm. scored. But there's a whole lot of space between the forward and the D that can allow. Right. A rush to come right back in your face. Well, it's funny because we hear a lot about how great TJ Brody is at breaking up two-on-ones, right? He's got the long body and the slide and whatever, but no one ever stops to go, why is TJ Brody constantly breaking up two-on-ones? <laughs> you know, like he shouldn't be put in that spot every game. He's very good at it, but Riley does play <laughs> an aggressive up-the-rink game. That's So Saturday night, there was the, 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 the Raymond goal. Mm-hmm. I think it, I might have made it, I don't know, 7-6. 14, 11, but, I don't remember. And I don't know if you remember me saying that uh, I don't like, uh, and I think Craig Simpson mentioned uh, uh, a simple two-on-two that night, but one of them's Austin Matthews on the two-on-two. Yeah. And Lilligren was uh, standing, by the time it was done, he was standing still basically at the top of the circles. Yeah, just backed way in. Way eh? back. And last yeah. night I'm watching, and... Uh, there was a two-on-two, but now it was Kerfoot skating backwards right through the neutral yeah. zone, exactly like Austin did in Detroit. And I'm like, that, they, that so shouldn't they want, happen too they, often. No, they want those guys skating forward with the rush, right? Like they want their D to gap up and skate forward with, with the guys, and they want the forwards coming yeah. forward. So it is. It's like a timing thing. It's either like they're in defense mode, in which case they're backing off too far and then backing up, or they're in offense mode and they're just nowhere to be found. So... Finding that happy medium will be uh, crucial. <clears throat> you remember in the postseason last year, that's how Montreal beat them. Montreal beat them off the rush. That was absolutely the, the strength of the Canadians. A uh, whole postseason run was scoring within a, a few seconds of crossing the blue line with a puck, quick hitters. Um, the Leafs weren't able. They just gave them too many chances off the, off the rush. Speaking of, uh, all right, let's go to Chris Cuthbert. Uh, Chris, thanks for joining us. Uh, play-by-play announcer for Hockey Night in Canada and Sportsnet uh, and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, thanks for joining us, Chris. How are you? Hey, long-time uh, listener, first-time caller. Uh, <laughs> Good. Sorry to be a little late. Uh, I think I set the wrong number last night. I was a little punchy after that game, and so uh, apologies. Okay, so let me ask you, before we get into what we saw uh, last night, I want to go back to your call with uh, Craig Simpson uh, in Detroit. Like, are you, as a play-by-play announcer, going, this is so much fun to call? Or is there a part of you that says, this ain't NHL hockey, like the rest of us? No, you know, you know that in the back of your mind, but it, but it is fun. And uh, it's especially fun as if, if you've done it as long as I've done it and, uh, and, and, kind of rekindle some memories uh in fact i had forgotten somebody actually sent me a a youtube link to a game i did uh, back in 91 where uh calgary beat quebec 10-8 
and uh, Matt Sundin had a hat trick in that game. Theo Fleury had a hat trick in that game. And Mike Vernon's going to hate me for saying this, but he allowed eight on 22 shots. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it took me back. I, I'd been asked if I'd done games like that before, and the one memory was a, a 13-4 Calgary-LA playoff game. Uh, it, it, but the fact that, I, I guess for us, you know, at 7-2, you're thinking, man, this is a long night and uh, Leaf fans are happy, but uh, there's not much drama. But then when it gets to, at 7-4, I, I said to, to Craig in commercial, you know, I, I don't want to sell it like it's going to be a comeback, but it actually feels like it's 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 possible. And then uh, obviously 7-5, you're, you're you're kind of just along for the white knuckle ride and it's a lot of fun. So how much pressure do you feel, and this is purely out of my own curiosity, to try to keep the games that aren't interesting interesting and put some layer of, like last night's game is just a dog, you know, yeah. in terms of what you had to work with. How much pressure do you feel for it to be interesting when it's not really your responsibility to dictate that? Well, you know, I, I pressure is probably not the right word because there shouldn't be much pressure in, in what we do. It's not that important. But, you know, you do feel a responsibility to try and find some entertaining element or, or interesting talking point. And, and also, uh, you know, I, I, as a play-by-play guy, I think I have to limit my editorial comment and and i'm going to go back to those uh, you know years in the 80s and 90s where we were uh, we were really discouraged from even having an opinion uh that's loosened up certainly as as you know time's gone by but uh i i don't know if anybody's tuning in to hear my strong opinion while the game's going on but uh if i have a strong opinion it's because they're making me work and and that was a lot of work last night and not a lot of fun you can't miss something unless it's gone and that was the case with the fans uh the last year and a half uh last night uh capacity uh, the overall feel that you had at least going into the game. I know probably a minute and a half everybody forgot about buildings ever being uh, empty when the Leafs are down one nothing to the Buffalo Sabres in the first couple of minutes and then everything's back to normal. But what were your thoughts and the feeling uh, going back into a, a capacity crowd again? You know, I was excited. You get excited just walking into the building because it was different. It's 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 just eerie when you when you go to the rink and there's nobody there and there's nobody on the street uh, before the game, after the game, and and I I was ramped up last night and 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 I'll tell you I. I had, I've been sitting at the Olympics doing all the games off monitors and games in empty rinks, and I got to do the uh, the Leaf Pittsburgh game, and that was only half full. And I, I really felt a, a you know charged up to get back into a rink with with atmosphere for the first time in a number of weeks, and and so I was anticipating it would be at a different level last night and and you're right about a minute in and it it wasn't at all and um, it was a it was a pretty quiet night it uh, it was almost as quiet at the end as as it was uh, when there was nobody in the building and that's uh, you know it's not meant to be a cheap shot but it it was it was uh, uh, you know that that game silenced everybody and and most of the people had left uh, with a few minutes to go and uh, the people that stayed weren't making a lot of noise. No, no. So, you know, you've always called a lot of these Leafs games this season. What What is your impression of where this team is at? We sit here every day and try to pick through, well, what does this mean for the playoffs? And, you know, it, it can be tough to tell what matters and what doesn't. 
you know, in the big picture, what are your thoughts about where they're at and their likelihood of having a, a run in them this year? Well, you know, I, I'll go back to last night because I, I had this expectation that here's this great opportunity. And, and there would have been, I think, two games in hand for Tampa Bay, but a chance to, to leapfrog Florida, get into a, a first-place tie in the Atlantic. And I, I think that's what should be the priority right now is, is you know, finish as high as possible and, and avoid having to go through both Florida and Tampa and 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 just to come up as flat as they have and and then you think back they've lost to buffalo they lost to montreal and they lost to arizona and those are games that you put six points in the bank and now you've got a cushion and you're in first place but you know i you know everybody's disappointed about last night but uh but this is a this is a team that's won as much as any Leaf team in history through this point in the season, and uh, I think they've got a lot of good things going on, but that might be one more uh, piece of evidence for Kyle Dubas that um, there's still work to be done. We're speaking with Hockey Night in Canada and Sportsnet uh, play-by-play announcer Chris Cutbert. Uh Justin made a point earlier in the show, over the course of 82, you're going to hit ruts uh, there, there is that element of just maybe fatigue setting in from your seat, Chris. Do you pick up the lack of energy pretty quickly uh, to start a hockey game? Yeah, I thought you could pick it up last night right off the bat. And it's funny because I was watching Buffalo. Uh, Don Granado had spent a lot of time in recent days talking about his team slow starts and, and to be ready at seven o'clock or although last night, seven thirty, but, uh, and that his top line has, you know, they put up some good numbers this year, Thompson Skinner and, uh, um, and Alex Tuck. And yet they were not uh, apparently starting very, uh, the hockey games very well. The Leafs have been, the Leafs have been great starting of late. Uh, I, I used the stat last night. I, I kind of dug into what they've been doing in the first period of late. Uh, they were slow starters at the start of the season, and going into last night, I think they'd scored like 51 first period goals in the last 30 games, and they've scored three goals in the first period 10 times. But last night, you could tell almost from the first shift and even going through everybody getting on the ice for the first time that that nobody seemed to have anything going early and i thought that might change after sandine tied it but uh but it really never changed all night you know seeing the amount of hockey you do each season i imagine you have a pretty good perspective on you know when teams have it or don't have it uh watching this season has there been any team outside of toronto that uh has made you think okay this is a team that has a, a legit cup shot here well i i think you know all the all the favorites that you've seen i i i, I um, I, I'm going to go back and answer your question a different way. I, I think Colorado's one of those teams. Right. But we've seen Colorado play like that, too. I mean, we saw it right in Toronto the night that the uh, – I mean, they didn't get great goaltending the night the Leafs spanked them. Uh, I think it was 8-3 eight, eight, or whatever. But sometimes Colorado doesn't have it either. Um, and they played a game earlier this week, I think, and uh, – and I'm I'm trying to place which team it was, but uh, you know I watched the Avalanche pretty closely, and and they didn't have it that night. It might have been against the Rangers, but uh, uh, so everybody goes through it. Um, you know everybody does. So Nick ninety four, uh, did you did you guys have uh, uh, you know a week or two where you you hit the skids, maybe even more? 
I don't know if people remember, but 94, I, we made half a dozen trades at the trade deadline, yeah. and there was a, a certain feeling like whatever we did, and we were leading the league in, in, in regular season, it still wasn't good enough. So, you know, despite even what the, the scoreboard was saying on a nightly basis, you know, there's some people that uh, still didn't believe that we were good enough. So, you know, we were, we were kept guessing uh, throughout that, that regular season. Yeah, you know what, Glenn, yeah. uh, Glenn say they're uh, in the 80s with the Oilers. I mean, the Oilers had, uh, had put up a 60-win season, and yet uh, you're waiting to see what they did at the deadline. I remember when they brought Kent Nielsen in from Calgary, and uh, I'll tell you what, the one practice I remember more than any skate I've ever been to was the first practice when Kent Nielsen came from the arch-rivals Calgary to, to skate with the Oilers, and the Oilers were in high gear that day kind of as a message to Nilsson as uh, you know this is this is what it's all about here and and uh, you better you better bring your best so uh, you know it'd be interesting to see what uh, regardless of last night uh, you know it's it's going to be fascinating to find out uh, how much the Leafs do to try and put themselves over the top I'm, I'm going to date us real quick here Chris uh, but you mentioned Kent Nielsen and I, I was young enough to remember uh or at least old enough to remember Kent Nielsen, and his nickname was the Magic Man. Yep. And I'm not going to see here to suggest that, uh, you know, he was as talented as Austin Matthews, but there was a lot of similarities to how talented this guy was. Oh, Am he, I right, uh, Chris? Oh, uh, he was, uh, he was, yeah, he had all the moves. I don't know if... I don't know if he was as good a shooter, but he might have been a better playmaker uh, than than Matthews. Uh, but yeah, just uh, talent, just a high end. Uh, uh, I've always found it hard to pinpoint who Austin Matthews does remind me of. And and uh, if you want to be really an old timer, I've often thought it's a little like Phil Esposito, you know big and strong and in the slot where if you got the if Espo got the puck in the slot and in, in uh, you know in those Boston in the big bad Bruin days it, that puck was in the back of the net every time and and Matthews seems to be the same in that way uh but probably uh a little more gifted uh at, at playmaking than Phil was but uh I mean I mean we're splitting hairs Phil was Phil's a hall of famer and one of the best ever you know, watching hockey go from then till now, you know, one thing I noticed, at least statistically, is goal scoring is back up. You know, maybe not up to the levels it once was in the, the 80s, but, you know, goal scoring this season is at the highest level since the first year out of the 05-06 lockout where they called a billion penalties, right, and you couldn't put your stick on anyone. And then before that, going back to, I think, 1990. 1995, sorry. So goals are up a significant amount. Is there anything, any reason you can see for that? You know, have the shooters caught up to the goaltending? Is it just less physical? Well, what's happening with the evolution here of the game? It seems like it's a little bit of all that. I mean, the skill level is, I mean, you didn't have a guy like Mitch Marner as much 10 years ago, did you? I mean, they, they we're, we're now looking at guys that are that size and smaller mm-hmm. and, uh, and emphasizing those guys in the draft instead of having to be, you know, 6'3", 220. And, uh, you know, back in the 80s, there weren't that, that many, you know, big, big guys. And then it all changed, and 
size became the most important element almost and 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 we got into the dead puck era so i don't know i, I don't i don't know if the goaltending's as as good across the board as it was 10 years ago um and i think the skill level's higher than it's ever been and uh um, and it's made for pretty entertaining product for the most part, uh, last night, uh, notwithstanding. <laughs> but yeah, I was just going to say that if we take away last night, maybe a, a, Montre- a Montreal Canadian game, they are a fun team to call. Are they not, even though it's frustrating for Leaf fans? Well, I, I was, uh, I even said that after the game, as bad as that was, they almost always give you an entertaining game. So over 82, you almost have to, you know, accept that uh, you're going to get a few duds. I mean, uh, I mean, even Tiger Woods on the on the tee, he's not going to, you know, he's not going to stripe at 350 straight every time. Uh, and and so, so last night was one of those. And uh, it, you know, hopefully they will respond. I expect they they should be, uh, you know, back to where. Uh, fans want to see them on on Saturday night against Vancouver, so it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back. Uh, a bad game, a day off, and tomorrow it'll be interesting to see what Sheldon Keefe does with them. Well, you're the guy on Hockey Night in Canada, but for me, you'll always be the guy that called the, the golden goal, uh, and it was a 12-year anniversary, I think, this past week, uh, Chris, and uh, does it feel like 12 for you? I was going to say it feels like 22 now, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, that, that seems like a long time ago. And you know what's frustrating is uh, I, I hoped I would have called another one this year, and and now, um, you know, if if Sidney Crosby's going back uh, in in four years, what's he going to be? 30, 38, 39. It's uh, you know it's it's disappointing that. Uh, uh, that we missed a, a cycle for for the NHL guys, and we're going to have to wait four more years for Connor McDavid and guys like Victor Hedman, who are you know uh, just great players in this league that still haven't had the opportunity to play once in an Olympic Games. Uh, uh, disappointing for those guys, and uh, anxious to get a chance to do it again if possible. Well, we'll wait patiently for those four years. Hey, Chris, <laughs> really appreciate your time. Thanks for doing this. Uh, enjoyed talking with you and enjoy listening to you guys. Great show. Thanks. Thanks, Chris. Chris Cuthbert, one of the best. Just reminded that Victor Hedman was not on the 2018 Swedish Olympic team. He was like talked about right up to the end and was passed up. I want to say Johnny Oduya made it ahead of him. I could be completely making that up. How do you go from not making it to the best defenseman in the world? Well, yeah. It was ridiculous at the time. I remember at the time being like, what are they doing? What are they? Just a bad call. Just a bad call. Someone messed up. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Just completely insane to me that that guy's never been to an Olympics. Anyway. Um, All right. So um, let's just do some uh, news and notes around the league. Pittsburgh and Tampa tonight. JB. And what strikes me in this game is that uh, Pitt, if I'm not mistaken, has the best record, road record. Yep. In the league. And what are they at? They are uh what are they? Nine? 18, 6 and 3 on the road. Yeah. That's a wow. pretty good record. Yeah, not too shabby. And I don't think Tampa has lost a regular season game at home since October. And you got sudden throwing stats at me. It says so, they're 18-4 four and 4 at home. So yeah. So what co- gives what gives tonight? And and by the way, I'm getting uh I'm getting messages on our uh, chat line on uh, on our Sportsnet YouTube channel that says uh, 
Uh, I saved 10 bucks uh, on not betting on Austin Matthews <laughs> to score the first goal. He's yeah. really happy. Good rule of thumb. Don't, <laughs> don't bet ever and you'll do fine. If you bet uh, tonight... On what you were talking about, Pittsburgh is awesome at home. Tampa's yeah. sorry on the road, and Tampa's awesome yeah. at home. If they go to overtime tonight, plus three fifty, doesn't matter who wins. Just bet them to go to OT. Ten dollars will pay you forty five. You'll make three fifty or thirty five. I don't know if you if you think both teams. I like are, that bet. I actually do too. I'll bet it. Let's do it. I'm in. <laughs> I've got a couple other bets. Should we just do it now? Or you're going to save it for the end of the show? Do you want to? Oh, now? I don't know. I mean, no, we'll save them. Okay. Where else do you want to go? I don't know. Um, I was going to do the Edmonton Oilers and actually playing defense. So since Jay Woodcroft has come in, Leon Dreisaitl has been on the ice for 13 goals, four and one against. I think McDavid is 14, four and seven against still very good. Um, what do you think about superstars being asked to prioritize defending? Cause it feels relevant to the Leafs, right? Like if these guys can adjust the way they're playing, Keep in mind, one hundred percent. I know Drysaddle was a guy who I want to say last December was like minus twenty or something. Like he had a terrible, terrible run. Might have even been the year he won the heart. So, to go back to that crazy game that we just spoke of with uh, Chris in Detroit, I would have gone in between the second and the third period and say, I don't care if we even get a shot on goal. We're giving them nothing. Right. Third man high. If I see you cheating, if I don't see you on the right side in our own zone, you will not see another shift. I don't care if I have to end the game with five skaters that do not come off the ice. I will do it. You shut everything down. You know what the problem with that is? Tell me. Is that coaches are always looking for a time they don't have to be on their guys. So it's like you're a dad of three kids, right? Did they sometimes feel like you were nagging them or nitpicking them or whatever? And sometimes you knew you just had to lay off and give them some space. Coaches feel like they, and this is in my experience anyway, that they're all over the team. They talk before the game, morning skate, between periods, after the game. But, but, but what are, are like, you emphasizing though? Are you emphasizing defense? I imagine. I'm just saying, it doesn't I'm look just saying like when, it. You're up, when you're up 7-2, that's a window to be like, they don't need to hear me. They don't. They can figure out what the priority is here. We need to defend. They don't need to hear me for a minute. Yeah, and then you're and seven and six. Uh, things got a little tight. I don't know if if and that's the case. Then he didn't go in. But I'm just saying. I yeah. See, it just I, doesn't I, seem like a time to go in and be like, boys. It, it sounds to down. me. It sounds to me like. Uh, first of all, Jay Woodcroft's gone in there and he's taking a a, a two team, two player team, and he's turning it into. Four, eight, ten. He's, he's he's engaging everybody in here. So Fogel, right? Mm-hmm. Fogel all of a sudden is reengaged. Uh, Ryan, who scored the hat trick the other day, yeah, he's, yeah. Fogel's playing with McDavid and Hyman. Hey, eh? he, he's reengaged. Like those are your foot soldiers. Yeah, those are the guys that Jay has been able to bring in. And I, I think it's music to McDavid and Drysaddle's ears to hear that. Uh, People are talking about other players. Mm-hmm. They brought up on Brad our Malone to play in the fringes. Like you know, for the Leafs, there's you know, we're always talking about guys in and out of the lineup, but they're fighting for roster spots and spot on a higher line. And with the Oilers, it's always just kind of felt like you knew who was getting what. And and if there is an emphasis of don't take chances or you know play the percentages, 
Yeah. I mean, we never had the analytics the guys have today, but we understood percentages. Up the middle or up the wall. I like my percentages of not digging the puck out of my own net if I go up the wall. Yeah. So I, I think Jay's done a nice job right off the bat. Is he's he's enabled to to reach guys not named Drysidel and McDavid. Yeah, and that's been huge. And so Edmonton is a team that, you know, they can make a move still. They're sitting in that division right now. They're in fourth, but they're only a point behind Vegas. The Kings are, I don't think, a juggernaut. They're very catchable. So, yeah, if Edmonton gets it together, I wouldn't be surprised if they can, you know, get it in the playoffs. Now, can they do it with Koskinen and Mike Smith? Koskinen has won eight of his last nine starts. Mike Smith is... It's too late to trust that, though. I love that point. It's too yeah. late. It's just, it's, you're right. It's like, okay, well, he's doing well, but we already know that we're not sure about this guy. He's a career 907 save percentage goaltender. I don't think he's just going to become this 919 guy. Less than three weeks. Yeah, Trade significantly deadline. less, right? Oh, yeah. What is it, third today? Yeah, I guess so. And your feeling would be, if we're going to talk about Marc-Andre Fleury, that Edmonton would push the hardest, and that's not even to suggest that Mark Andre Fleury would even want to go. No. Uh, how about Kyle Davidson's got some tough decisions there in Chicago, doesn't he? Like he has to go talk to Fleury and be like, "Do you want to do this first, and then try to trade Mark Andre Fleury?" And then you got to talk to Taves and Kane and be like, "They've been vocal that uh, and Pat Kane, uh, Pat Kane about wanting to end his career there." Can you go and be like, uh, "That's nice." <laughs> what do you think of somewhere else? I don't know. What are your thoughts? Like, would, you think you, you think a, a rookie like Kyle would? That's the guy that's going to go and and get this deal done. Yes. Here's why: if you have a guy and you're with him for years, so you're Kyle Dubas, and you say you can't go to John Tavares and say, "Hey, that no move that we agreed to. Do you, you want to maybe rethink that? You can't. You've agreed to it with him. It was your deal. You yeah. know the situation. When you're Kyle Davidson. You can come in and go, look, I'm just a new guy. Just asking. Yeah. Just ask yeah. and find out what I got here. And then when uh, Pat King does this to you and <laughs> flicks you like a like a, like a a crumb just, on a table. literally flicks your ear. Where do you, where do you go then? I just thought I'd ask. Nobody <laughs> Thanks for coming in. <laughs> because I, I, I'm looking at, at, at Kyle Davidson, and he could be the greatest thing since sliced bread. Yeah. Or he could His be video coach, so he, probably he, he could be another uh, Jeremy Colleton where you never really stood a chance. He was put in a tough spot. Yeah, Ky- uh, Kyle's Jeremy uh, Colleton two squared. Yeah, <laughs> what's the difference? It's just it, they're, they're it's it's the same. Yeah, yeah. It's like if it works out great. If it doesn't, well, they tried something. Yeah, yeah. I get that. I, I tell you I, what. I, he's not going to come in there and, and, and make hard Pat Kane and Jonathan Taves decision where, like you suggested. Yeah. No, you would have needed a, a, a guy to make life very uncomfortable for them. Well, maybe those guys want to naturally be somewhere that's not going to rebuild because he has gone out and stated that it's a full rebuild, which to me is the best way to signal to those guys. If you don't want to be a part of that, this is not the place well, for you. That's what he's hoping. By the way. How do you feel, he is hoping that, how do you feel about an interview process like the one they had where they interviewed something like 20 people, all walks of life, 
stat people, people who'd never had gigs like this, experienced people. 20 interviews, they come in, they say, what are your ideas? What would you do with the Blackhawks yeah. as your team? And they say, here's what I would do yeah. with your team. Yeah. And steal your ideas. Yeah. And then it they happens say, all the time. They say, we're going to keep the, but at some point you can't interview 20 people. To me, that's disrespectful to the, the process. And, and yeah, they, Did you, they, they, they also weren't looking for something. They also had press releases on a lot of names, right? Which Letting again, people know what we did, we heard everyone, which again, uh, is just kind of like, come on, we, we, we know, we, we, we know what's happening here. You're, you're trying to suck up to a lot of people. So people can believe now this is the new look. This is what you guys do to be transparent. Right. Yeah. And it's like, come on. You knew months ago it was going to be Kyle Davidson. The the whole thing was a. I agree. Charade. And like, I don't blame them for trying to get some good ideas for for people. Like they're like, we have an inexperienced GM. Let's hear what people will tell them. I had, uh, I had, uh, I had someone call me up and ask me uh, that was asked to go in and i said i i don't think you have a hope in hell of getting the job you want to go in there and spill your ideas uh by all means you can do that but all they're going to do is you're going to sit down there you're going to tell them some of some of your great ideas i say a little slower sorry yeah 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 yeah. what would you do exactly can can you leave that with me (laughs) you're in a structure chart the powerpoint you just leave that and it happens all the time yeah no interest just just want to pick your brain Get your ideas, and then get the guy that I want. Yeah, I, I think, I think that's what happened here. Um, you know, maybe he's great, and if that's the case, then you probably don't need to hear from twenty people. But anyway, I, I thought that was in, that stood out to me. Organization trying to get itself back in the public uh, graces, I think, too, with the press releases and stuff. So Edmonton versus Chicago tonight, didn't they? Uh, they moved Staylock too, didn't they, to uh, San Jose? I imagine that's like a courtesy to Staylock. They're like, oh, I'm like, do you guys not know that you need a goalie? <laughs> yeah, you, you don't need to get guy? rid of a goalie. Yeah, interesting. And also um, another thing that was shared is. Um, our own Mark Spector shared that Jerry, uh, remember Archibald was one of the players at the start yes. of the season who didn't get vaccinated, got COVID, myocarditis, hasn't played this whole season, is working his way back now, um, but still isn't vaccinated. Makes it challenging, you know, with going across the border. So uh, Spector was hypothesizing that it's likely that he would get traded to a U.S. team that's unlikely to play a Canadian team in the first round as, you know, sort of a depth guy or whatever. But interesting that you know, the teams have to consider that. That's an additional factor, still having an unvaccinated player. and So you have to play a Canadian team in the second round. Right. Yeah. Huh. So maybe, maybe he can help you get through one, and then it's unpredictable after that. I don't know. thought that was interesting. Chris Kreider, 35 goals, tied for fifth most through 54 games in franchise history. This guy always appeared as... The potential to be a a power forward yeah. I, I, in my era, Kevin Stevens. Were you too young for Kevin no, Stevens? No, Kevin Stevens Thank and those you. Pittsburgh teams were like, yeah. I was like 12. I remember how powerful and mean they were. And obviously talented. Now he is, he's arrived. Is it possible to arrive at his age? What's he, 33 or yes, something? it is. Yeah, just figure out your game and what you're capable of and how to how to play. Yes. I don't know, but it is, it's crazy to me that he's having this sort of year at this age. But was it uh, Wardo who came on and just said he's just two feet in front of the net, basically? And that night scored 
Same goal that he described. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's another weapon that that team has. New York is a really interesting team, as you mentioned. They don't dominate. They don't outplay teams. But, you know, he's tipping pucks in like crazy, and they're getting great goaltending from Shesterkin. Will they trade uh, Gorgiev then, just knowing that Shesterkin's their guy and try to get some value out of him? No. You don't think so? I, I, you're always a, a groin away from having one of these guys shut down. Just lose him for nothing? Yeah. I think think there's absolutely more of that that's going to happen. Lindholm is a name that's tied into the Toronto Maple Leafs out of Anaheim. Yeah. And it's starting to sound like Pat Verbeek wants to re-sign him. I can't imagine that would happen unless there's uh, eight involved. Oh, really? That's a big number. Yeah. Well, he's 28, 29 years old, and that's you're looking at a lot of years. That's pretty high risk. But even if you can't, yeah, I, I, I still see him finishing the season there. Can I tell you some names I like for Toronto that are on the, you know, you hear in trade rumors? I like Nick Paul in Ottawa. I really like Nick yeah, Paul. Yeah, I like Nick Paul, too. I think he'd be a great fit. Young, he's, was he 27 years old, I think? It's like a Chris Kelly in his, you know, one of those depth guys yeah. that can come in. Like, like that I name. I don't know. What Benino. About, are, remember Benino yeah. and Pitt? Yeah, that was nice. God, what a nice fit the, he was, was on the, the third HBK line. HBK line with yeah. Hagel and Kessel. They were yes. super good. Uh, Lekkonen in Montreal. Lekkonen, to me, would be a guy that could come in close to um well he's i mean there's a different element to him but mm-hmm. but coleman and goudreau right I that, think that's he, my thought Lekkonen can have that type of success yeah i uh, think on a contending team i mean he's and he's 26 years old he's got his fancy numbers are pretty good like defensively he's good see to me like that's a first rounder Lekkonen's a first rounder for the montreal canadians yeah don't you like? Is there not some stress for these teams to make? Uh, let's say they can get a first rounder, like, yeah. and they're like, ah, oh, maybe we can get more in two and a half weeks. What if a guy like that gets hurt? Like, I'm surprised yeah. we're not seeing things happen now. I don't know. Like, I feel like we're getting to that time of year where I expect to see it happening. I would say it's probably three or four games away okay. from the deadline is when you'll see. St- you'll start seeing guys getting pulled out of the lineup. Mark Pissick, right D from... Yeah. Eh, uh, nah. How um, much does he make? Uh, he's not that expensive, is he? 900K. Yeah. He's, he's a right D. He's 30-year-old guy. He's versatile. I think he scored three times on the Leaf as a forward, or <laughs> twice as a forward one game. So, uh, Hag on Buffalo, he hits a little bit. I don't know. Really, really stretching it Who's trying it, to find uh, guys uh, here. Uh, Hagel? In Chicago? Yeah, Brandon Hagel. Oh boy, wouldn't like he is. He'd be like. I'm um, reveal he, he'd my. Be, is he good? I don't know. I, I've never. Hagel? Yeah, I really I like know him. nothing about him. Yeah, uh, there's some. He, he he's like a Barkley Goodrow. Could 20, score. Twenty-three and he can, years old, forty-eight games, yeah. seventeen yes. goals. Yeah, and there's talk about Chicago million. maybe moving him. And actually, he's got another year there, in his deal. There would be a fight over that guy. Well, so if you're Chicago, it's like you're yeah. rebuilding. You're going to punt on the 23-year-old yeah. with 17 goals? I know. Okay. Unless you can turn him into something Must that real you can't turn down. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's fair. I guess at that point, you're looking to stockpile assets.
Okay, couple of bets before we uh, shut her down here that I, I've got uh, going on tonight, Kipper. All right. You like uh, Montreal and Calgary? You like Toffoli uh, versus the Montreal Canadiens? Yes, I do, but I don't like the, the money I can get on that one so much. You know what I like is I think the Ottawa Senators are annoying. Do you think they're, they're okay? Like, I think they're annoying. They, they put up a good fight against yeah. good teams. If you take them plus two and a half goals tonight... You can get uh, decent odds against Florida. I mean, just just Ottawa to keep it. Yeah, close. Florida's struggling. I, I think they lost that would, three in a row. Yeah, I, so I, I think that's a possibility for sure. I'd buy that for a dollar. And then I got Edmonton. Edmonton ten is our minimum. Yeah, not a dollar. Yeah, and then I got Edmonton over Chicago in regulation tonight. That All plays right, plus one ten. Good show today. Fun show. Yes, we miss Sammy, but uh, show did a terrific job. EJ Raddick, Gord Stella, Chris Cuthbert. Today on the show. Thanks for watching. If you're still on our YouTube channel, hit the like button. We love it when you hit the like button. Go team, go. We're back again tomorrow for you all. Real Kipper and Born. If you're picking up a podcast, give us a rating and review. Have a great night, everybody.